Greetings ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the You Can Do It Too podcast by Mamba Inspire. I am Mamadou Balde, I'm your host. The purpose of this podcast is to both showcase black excellence and increase awareness of the multitude of career possibilities out there for up-and-coming black professionals. This podcast will assist in breaking stigmas, barriers, and helping black students believe that they are smart enough to be future doctors, engineers, educators, and entrepreneurs. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest today, Dr. Lakura Carter. Thank you so much for giving us your time. Absolutely, my pleasure. Yes, ma'am. Please tell us a little bit about yourself. My name is Laquita Carter. I am a native of Memphis, Tennessee. Yes, ma'am. And I grew up in Chicago from the age of two mm-hmm. until I went off to college. Yes, ma'am. I majored in education and was a classroom teacher for five years. I had the ability to teach all subjects from kindergarten through eighth grade, through regular full-time classroom teaching throughout the school year, Mm -hmm. as well as after school and through tutorials. I knew early on that I wanted to become a principal, and so I wanted to understand the curriculum design for all grade levels in order to be able to lead my staff effectively. Wow. That's amazing. You grew up in Southside Chicago. Yes, Southside, Roseland. Yes, ma'am. What was growing up like in uh, in Southside? Southside. Actually, it was a wonderful time that I had. At the time that I grew up in Chicago, we were surrounded by neighbors and families that took the time to get to know one another. Yes, ma'am. And so neighbors were an extension of your household. They Mm -hmm. were your aunties and your uncles. And if anything happened at school, they were going to get to you before your parents did and either help or hinder your progress from things that you had done. In addition to that, teachers were highly respected back then. And so if mom had had to have a conversation with someone at school, then Mm -hmm. she would tell the neighbors and you'd hear about it all along your journey walking home about how much trouble you were going to get in by the time you made it home. I talked a little bit in school, just a tad bit. (laughs) So I had some of those phone calls that were made because of my ability to want to converse with people in the classroom all the time while Mm -hmm. learning was happening. But we grew up in a village type of neighborhood. Although there was some crime around us, Mm -hmm. you didn't feel it. Although I grew up in poverty, Mm -hmm. I always believed that I was rich because my home was rich in love. My home was rich with fun and creating memories. Mm -hmm. And so although you had circumstances that were happening outside the home, my mother and father did an amazing job with making sure that we as children didn't Mm -hmm. feel that. At the same time, appreciating what we had and paying attention to those around us that were either in the same situation and or less fortunate. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. How challenging was it to stay away from trouble? How hard was it to uh, not be influenced by the crowd around you Mm -hmm. and still focus on the journey you're trying to get to? There definitely were some outside influences and Mm -hmm. factors that you had presenting themselves on more than one occasion. But I'd have to say my love for God, Mm -hmm. first and foremost, was a driving factor. In my home, it was also the foundation. Mm -hmm. My mother and father were spiritual God-fearing people, and so God was the foundation to what path we were going to follow. Education was also a focus, and so my mother always drove and instilled in me that I would go to school. Yes, ma'am. Didn't know how that was going to happen, 
didn't care about how that was going to happen, but that was the goal. You will go to school, you will get a college education, and you will get yourself out of here and make something of yourself. As a result of that, I had a simple system of support that was always around me, motivating me, pushing me, encouraging me. And although there were those circumstances for me to make other choices, I had the opportunity to make some mistakes the opportunity to fail forward and practice what that was going to look like to be resilient. But internally, I also had an intrinsic motivation in which I wanted something different than what I had. I wanted to be able to be a different type of statistic. Growing up in Chicago, the elementary school that I went to, we had a number of fights on Mm -hmm. any given moment throughout the day. And one would say that it wasn't a safe school. But just like at home and in my house, although I may have grown up in poverty, Mm -hmm. I also didn't feel that. Mm -hmm. The same was true for school. Although it was defined as a place that wasn't necessarily safe, the nurturing and the care that my teachers provided to me, I didn't feel that. And so that also helped to motivate me to want to become a teacher and to help others. I wanted to pursue getting a doctoral degree Mm -hmm. only because the statistics were against me getting a doctoral degree. So people will often ask, what is it that made you wanted to get the degree? You know, what do you plan to do with it? Mm -hmm. And my response is always, I plan to motivate someone else to know that anything is obtainable if you put your mind to it. Wow. When did you know that you wanted to get a doctorate degree? That probably came more in high school. Right in high school. Okay. In high school, but I knew that I wanted to be a teacher from the age of five. Yes, ma'am. What, what gave you that uh, motivation? Uh, did you have any role model at home that were educators? Or what I you- did not. No one in my family was an educator, but mm. my mother and father truly believed that education was the path mm-hmm. to success for any type of career that you wanted to go into. And so as a result of that, what I chose to major in, mm-hmm. I had some opportunity to choose, mm-hmm. but I did not have any type of opportunity on if I was going to go to school or not. That was not an option. Yes, ma'am. You will go to school. No matter what. No matter what. Yes, ma'am. Well, still, you guys had, uh, uh, in Southside Chicago, there's so many successful uh, mm-hmm. artists, singers, rappers that came out there. What kept you away from that ambition? Because... Uh, that shows also you could make money in that area. What kept you away from that ambition to get? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's not my gift or my talent. (laughs) And so it wasn't too difficult for me to stay away Mm -hmm. from that journey because it wasn't something that naturally came to me. Also, with practice, as much as I do sing, I don't sound good. (laughs) And so I don't know what type of audience or following I would have had. Mm -hmm. And I have been an innate leader all my life. And so I don't know that I would have been able to lead anybody in those particular (laughs) roles because I probably would not have had a following. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. What school did you go to? For high college. For college. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so that's always a funny question. Uh-huh. I was a traveling student. Okay. I made the most of my college experience, mm-hmm. and so I started at Tuskegee University. Yes, ma'am. And I transferred to Southern Illinois University in Carbondale. Yes, ma'am. And then from there, I transferred to Chicago State University. Okay. <laughs> Tuskegee is HBCU. Yes, it is. 
Uh, and the, Chicago State University is as well. HBC. Mm -hmm. So why did you decide to go to HBC? What made you more comfortable in HBC than in PWI? I was extremely interested in veterinary medicine. Yes, And so I wanted to do a dual major for mm -hmm. veterinary medicine and education. Yes, ma'am. At the time that I was exploring universities, veterinary medicine, the program at Tuskegee University was ranked in the top 10. Mm -hmm. And so that drew my interest to the university. Prior to that, I really didn't know much about it. Mm -hmm. But once I began to explore the programming, their rate of graduation, as well as their success and support for students, yes, it in piqued an interest that I had to want to know more about their program offerings. And then when we took a tour to visit, I fell in love with it. Yes, ma'am. Nowadays, the media is so much blooming and there's a young male and female who are African-American find their, uh, sometimes find their role model in what they see in the media. Mm -hmm. uh, actors, they want to be the next NBA star, NFL star, and all of that, which is not bad. Uh, but why do you think uh, young black female and male uh, Right. nowadays are so far trying to get away from science measures and things like that. I think we don't really do an effective job of mm. explaining and talking about what types of careers yes, are connected to science and technology and engineering and math. Yes, I think that after you've gone to college and you've kind of started on your path of work, mm -hmm. you begin to make those connections and see what those roles turn into, but you don't always necessarily see that pathway or see yourself in that pathway yes, when you're thinking about it. In middle school, you do have the option to begin looking at what some of your interests and your strengths are, yes, and it's supposed to help predict what type of path you might want to explore for yes, college and career. but at the middle school level, your brain is still not fully developed, and yes, so you're also going through some hormonal and emotional challenges, yes, and you're still trying to figure out who you are. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't have someone that's pouring into you, or if you don't have a counselor or an administrator or a teacher mm -hmm. that truly is laying out what those options could be, mm -hmm. I think that what you hear about in the media becomes what you're inclined to go after, because that's what you're most comfortable with. You're uncomfortable with things that you're unfamiliar with and you don't know. And so I think that there's a great opportunity to highlight those fields and opportunities that come along with that for people to be able to see yes, this is something that I actually could aspire to and to do. And so I think we could do a better job as well with branding some of those fields and careers to help draw in more children that are interested. Yes, ma'am. There are few young uh, black male and female in uh, high schools that are uh, ahead of the pack who show great uh, abilities in science mm -hmm. majors and usually they, they have parents at home or teachers always tell them, you are the one, you are great, you, you yes. can be great. But then they go to PWI school where they find so many other people who are like them mm -hmm. and uh, not so many people who look like them and they face intimidation and uh, imposter syndrome. Yes. What are some uh, advice from you on how to overcome that uh, for the young people who are about to go to college? Mm -hmm. First and foremost, being, being grounded. Yes. Um, I am a God-fearing 
child of God. Yes, and so definitely that's the, the foundation that I'm rooted in. Mm -hmm. But for wherever you find your source of strength, mm -hmm. that you ground yourself in that, that you also take the opportunity to spend some time with yourself to figure out who you are. I mm -hmm. think it's important that we know our history, that we know where we come from and that we know that there are cheerleaders around us that we may not hear or see all the time, yes, but there are people that are rooting for us and that believe in us. And yes. so we're not just doing it for ourselves, but we're doing it for those that are on the side of us, in front of us, as well as behind us. Yes, in addition to that, I think that it's very important that you begin to really plan what your goals are in mm -hmm. life. And so when you can map those goals out and, as the Bible says, make the vision plain, mm -hmm. put it to paper in order to see what are some of the things that you need to do in order to accomplish those goals, mm -hmm. it helps to give you a laser-like focus on some of the action steps that you need to take. And so encouraging yourself, having a village around you of people that can encourage you, I think that it's very important, especially when you're going off to college it's unfamiliar terrain for many people, even if you're going off to school with a friend. Once you get away from home, if That's you've right. not had those experiences before, you may experience feeling homesick. And so I think that the more exposure that you have as well, while you're growing up, that helps to be able to set you up for success when you get older. And then identifying people that are in some of the careers or pathways that you're choosing to take so that you can develop a relationship in order to hopefully have a mentor that can also help guide you because there definitely will be challenges. There will be times of uncertainty. And so having someone that you can truly trust that's either been in that situation and or can help talk you through the ability to problem solve and overcome. Yes, it helps you to be able to see that it's just a part of the process. It's yes, not the end result, but it's a part of the path. And every step you take, you get closer to achieving those dreams that you have when you start out. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. You came from Southside Chicago and you defied the odds by being a teacher, getting an mm -hmm. education AS degree and becoming a teacher what made you decide that that wasn't enough and you needed a phd again going back to motivating others mm -hmm. that is a passion for me mm -hmm. i believe that the best example that you can have for your life is one that you lead yes, often i tell my children frequently a thousand times things that i want them to do mm -hmm. They don't always listen to the things that I say, mm -hmm. but they watch what I do. What you do. They emulate what I do. Yes, As a child growing up, those are some of the first things that we learn. We learn to practice and copy what we see, and we try to do it for ourselves. And so as a result of that, that motivation to be able to and obtain a mm -hmm. degree of that caliber where on average, you may say it might be 1% of the population that has it. That's the type of model that I want to set, that when someone sees me, they, says, they say, if Laquita Carter mm -hmm. from Roseland, mm -hmm. the south side of Chicago, mm -hmm. can do it, so can I. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Not necessarily attached to financial gain, mm -hmm. not attached to status or position, but simply the premise of, if she can, I can. Yes, ma'am. So you 
occupied so many positions before today you are assistant superintendent yes how hard was it to climb that mountain as an african-american woman there definitely have been challenges mm -hmm. but i will say that the preparation mm -hmm. that i've had over the years mm -hmm. has allowed me to find my place and my seat at the table yes, in spite of those challenges yes, having a mentor along the years has been a tremendous impact and help in my career because mm -hmm. it's given me the opportunity to have someone that could serve as a sounding board mm -hmm. and or to help give me tools and strategies that would help me be just as equipped as the next candidate that might be interviewing for positions. Yes, my experience may not have necessarily given me that story in isolation, mm -hmm. but mentorship, networking, and relationships that I've developed have positioned me that either if there's not a chair at the table, mm -hmm. I can pull one up and sit in it myself. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Do you have an example of a challenge that you face uh, across your career? One, I would say, is the higher up you go, statistics mm. show that it becomes more of a male-dominated field. Yes, ma'am. If you think about superintendents that you see in school districts, there are many male mm -hmm. superintendents, definitely in the state of Texas as well. Um, females are few. Mm -hmm. and African-American females, the number gets even smaller. Yes, ma'am. That's a challenge that I've seen, that I've experienced, but that I've tried to also be very forward-thinking mm -hmm. in watching the behaviors, watching the room. And so although it's been a challenge, I've turned it into an opportunity because I look at what could potentially be used against me. Yes, ma'am. And I equip myself where I'm able to front load that information or that skill set so that gender can be removed. Yes, ma'am. And you can look at what is the ability, the talent, and the skill set of the individual that's sitting in front of me. And can they obtain the results that I'm driving for? Yes, ma'am. What is some of the best thing about your job right now? It's coolest experience. Oh yes, one of the, the best things about my job right now is being able to actually hire, recruit, and retain staff. Yes, and so all of the things that we've just talked about have centered around a person going mm. after their dreams and going after positions that they've seen themselves in. Yes, for any amount of time of their life. Yes, I have the ability to help coach and develop people to get to their next level in their career pathway. I also have the ability to go to universities and talk to college students that are still trying to figure out what it is that they want to do and help target a pathway that they can take becoming a teacher. Yes, and one, being able to touch the future, that in itself speaks volumes. If, if I didn't say anything else, the fact that I'm in education and everything that I do influences the outcome of generations to come yes, is a gift and a blessing that I couldn't ask for in any other way. Yes, ma'am. That's amazing. So you, you are a mother of uh, how many children? I have three children. Three children. Yes. How hard has it been to keep them away from, from the media and helping them believe that they can be whoever they want 
in this world? That has been an extremely challenging moment mm -hmm. more often than I'd like for it to be. Yes, there are social media influences that I personally did not have mm -hmm. when I was growing up. Yes, and so when I think about even some of the answers that I've shared with you today around being focused, yes, thinking about some of the things that I want to do, you know, being in the house where my parents are talking about going to school and opportunities that I have and me seeing that really as my only way out to change outcomes for my life, yes, it's polar opposite now. Mm -hmm children at the click of a button can see experience here and be a part of so many things yes, and so technology I believe is a double-edged sword depending upon how you use it mm -hmm. and some of the natural careers that we growing up you know knew about whether it was going into education whether it was going into engineering or becoming a doctor those are some of the common fields that mm -hmm. you heard about. Mm -hmm. Now, technology has opened up so many opportunities that I think even from a parent's perspective, we feel uncomfortable with because we're not 100% sure mm -hmm. or know how to guide our children. And so I know frequently my, my boys will say, well, I want to be a YouTuber. <laughs> and they watch people game on the computers YouTube. Yes, and YouTube and they get to see, you know, well, they are making all this money from it, you know, why wouldn't I do this? Yes, and so I just try to push them in their thinking to say, okay, well, what about the person that developed it? Yes, you know, why can't you be that person? Why can't you be the person that creates the next YouTube? And yes, so not to diminish things that may be of interest to them, mm -hmm. but also to stretch their thinking to think beyond what they see. Yes, and I pray that in pushing them to think beyond what they see, when they grow up and they start to make decisions for themselves, that's what they'll hear in the bottom of, in the back of their mind, or those are things that they'll begin to do because of those habits that they've created to say, okay, this is what's in front of me and this is what I see, yes, but what's behind what I don't see and what can I do with that to create an opportunity for someone else? Yes, ma'am. So many th times people have misconception about uh, teachers' education being, mm -hmm. yes, it's a low-paying job, but what makes it? worth uh, being a teacher today in America? Well, it's definitely not a misconception that it's a low-paying job. Yes, <laughs> it is one of the lowest-paying fields, and educators will typically argue for the fact that, you know, how could it be when we're creating the pathway for all of the, the other fields? Yes, but it truly is a ministry. Yes, it is more than a job. It's more than a career. It's more than this is day to day what I do. It is a ministry that if you have the right heart and the right passion, your monetary benefits and your salary and all of the things that you could hope for from a dollar sign perspective come from internal gratification around what you're able to do for someone else. Yes, the ability to influence and provide hope mm -hmm. is something that we don't have enough of yes, in the times that we're living in today. And so a teacher is truly a special person that has the ability to ignite things in children and youth that we can't see yes, and the possibilities become limitless. Yes, ma'am. Do you have any advice for that younger you right now in Southside Chicago uh, who do not have that opportunity to think about all the options that are out there mm -hmm. for her is just trying to do whatever she or she can to get out 
where the city she, she's in right now? Do mm -hmm. you have any advice for her? One of the, the first things that I would say as a piece of advice is read. Mm -hmm. You know, take the opportunity to read literature, mm -hmm. read books, read magazines, read things that are of interest and things that are not. Mm -hmm. There truly is something to be said about words in print and what they can do for you. Yes, they yes. help to provide thought-provoking STEM statements that you may not have considered. You get to see yourself in places. You get to become people that you may not be. Yes, and so books take you to a place that sometimes we'd never experience if we didn't have them. And the art of picking up a book, getting lost in a book, has shifted and changed a little mm -hmm. bit, although you can do those things from an electronic device mm -hmm. by whatever means necessary they come. I mm -hmm. think it's important that we take time to actually read books. We do things in a microwave mm -hmm. way now. Mm -hmm. Everything is so quick and so fast. <laughs> we want to read snippets. We want to look at what's on Twitter because it's fast yes, and we can digest information and spit it out quickly. But when you truly take the opportunity to research and to learn, mm -hmm. it positions you to think in a way that maybe you had not thought before. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't have people around you that are pushing you, the book can do that for you. Yes, if you don't have that grandmother, Medea figure <laughs> that doesn't always exist in yes, family structures anymore, you can find her in the book. Yes, if you're struggling with a circumstance or a situation and you may not necessarily have someone to talk about because maybe your mom or dad is working two or three jobs or maybe dad is not present. Yes, maybe mom or dad have made some poor choices and they're living out those consequences right now and so you don't feel like you have a strong support system. Yes, you can find a mother and a father in a book. Yes, you can find all of the things that you're lacking if you take the time to actually invest in yourself. And while investing in yourself to dig deeper, you also help influence those around you. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Actually, I started reading books, not a lot of books lately. And once you realize the longer time it takes you, it gives you that passion to just analyze mm -hmm. a little bit more and be able to think a little bit correctly instead Absolutely. of making fast decisions. That's amazing. So you came a long way uh, from from Southside to here, and I'm sure there were some challenges, some mountains you had to go over to, to get where you are. Mm -hmm. What motivates you to keep going uh, every day? Definitely right now I'd say my children. Mm -hmm. I know that I have three younger people yes, that I'm praying I can leave a legacy to and yes, for. And so on the days where I may be questioning what's happening around me. Yeah. I have to remember and center and ground myself that I have three children that are watching that need me yes, and that are counting on me to help them. In addition to that, I also have to remember that there are children and youth and even adults that are inspired by the things that happen. You know, there's still some real good things that are happening in the world for yeah. people. Yes, and so I'm very driven by it's not about me. Mm -hmm. It's about other people. Mm -hmm. And so that motivation and that excitement and that drive, that resilience and tenacity, it comes out because I know that it's going to help someone else. And if someone else is helped, if there's joy that's brought to someone's life, if a smile is put on someone's face, that gives me a fire that I can't even explain. It propels me to want to do more because 
I believe in connecting people. Mm -hmm. I believe in people being able to understand who they are, what their passion is, and what their purpose is. Yes, and hopefully understanding that a little bit earlier in life. There are definitely mistakes and choices that I've made that when I look back, I'm like, why did you do that? Mm -hmm. And so that helps me when I'm thinking about my children in an effort to drive and instill in them that I hope that they watch and pay attention to the things that, you know, my husband and I do so that they too mm -hmm. can go faster, further, and bring people along with them. Yes, ma'am. Is that a quote that you live by? So. No, not necessarily a, a quote that I live by. Mm -hmm. um, I will say that, that there's one that resonates with me mm -hmm. often. And it's one from Rosa Parks mm -hmm. um, based on the premise of when you're fearful. Mm -hmm. um, and when you're fearful, it's because you're doing something right, mm -hmm. but you don't have to fear when you're doing something right. Mm -hmm. And I think about that often because we make decisions so quickly. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Mamba Inspire You Can Do It Too podcast. We have another special guest next episode. Make sure you subscribe to our channel to stay up to date. Our YouTube channel, we have a Twitter and Instagram for updates. Look up Mamba Inspire. Peace.